You're listening to the World Football Programme with all the latest updates from both local and international football. He's uh, on the ball again today. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. Welcome to Radio Fremantle 107.9's The World Football Programme. You've got the world's worst trainee, Huey, in the chair. Joining me in the studio is Pete Skeeler. Morning, Pete. How are you today? Would you... Very well, Hugh. How are you? Oh, yeah, you know that, mate. I've, I've answered that more than a few times. I am sweating bullets. <laughs> Pete, would you like to introduce our guest, please? We've got guests in the studio. Yeah, in the studio with us uh, this morning, we've got John Teixeira and Jaden McKay from Mum FC, who have just got back in the country after a trip overseas that they're going to tell us all about shortly after Hugh completes the intro and thanks our sponsors. <laughs> And doesn't forget to thank our sponsors. <laughs> sponsors? Turn it up. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Futsal WA. Greg Farrell is an absolute legend. He joins us regularly to talk all things futsal. And Greg was on just last week, if I remember correctly. Was it last week or the week before with you talking about his trip to Spain to the, um, was it the Futsal World Cup? Sounds familiar. Yeah, and he, yeah, he's living the life of Riley, that man. He went over to Italy to see the opening day of the Futsal League in that particular country. What a man. He joins us regularly and is a sponsor. You can register your team at the uh, Super League by going to Futsal WA. We also like to thank Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron for custom-built fencing and gates. And Gate and Fencing Hardware WA for all your fence and gate components. And automation to upgrade and protect your property. Pete, we were talking just before we came on to air that I have been pulled up about my Matilda's shock result over Denmark. I was shocked by that <laughs> result. Do you have uh, anything more than that? Because 
we've never beaten Denmark before. It's the first time we'd beaten a European opposition in, was it eight? Eight different... Uh, so it, it sounds like you know it better than me. Um, it was, yeah. I, I as was, I was saying to you, you used to be able to, on the FIFA website, yeah. be able to pull up a, a country and get their head-to-head yeah. results, you know, two countries, and see all the results. I, maybe you still can. I just can't suss it out anymore. It's... It's gone a bit. You're not blaming Keep Up again there, are you, Pete? No, no, we're talking FIFA here, not, ah, not the Keep Up. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah. Give a team on the fantasy football there. Hey? On the Keep Up fantasy football. No. I've done my normal thing where I've picked a team at the start of the season and two weeks in I've already forgotten all about it. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Gentlemen, do you do fantasy football? No, I don't. My, my kids do, but... Jaden, I'm not sure. Yep, if you move a little bit closer to the microphone, or you can adjust that microphone to to your height, that'll uh, that'll work. We can get to get the lovely people to hear. Jaden, you play fantasy football? Yeah, occasionally. Um, Champions League and the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Gold in the team, so you've got your great though. Yep, but. you've got your Paris Saint Germain shirt on. So <laughs> is that is that the team you 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 put in, or, or what? You've got Kylian Mbappe playing up front. What? Oh uh, no, they um, it's more like a mixed team. Like yeah, yeah. The league, so yeah, yeah. Um, I think in my Champions League, I've got a couple of PSG players. Okay. Who's your strikers? Mbappe and Haaland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so you, uh, you've won the Champions League for, what, nine times in a row now, have you, with those two up front? Turn it up. Nah, they get points, but uh, they're inconsistent sometimes. Inconsistent? Yeah, yeah, always, yeah, 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 that's right. Haaland doesn't score a hat-trick every week. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'd be really disappointed with him not, to, not banging in the goals there. Who's your keeper? Not sure. I keep getting injured. I keep getting injured. Gone through about four in the past two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> four in the. <laughs> How? Oh, okay. Well, Sounds like you're jinxing them. Yeah. <laughs> How do you get a keeper injured? That's. Uh... They might have to ask Miranda Templeman that well, one. Uh, well, now Miranda doesn't get injured on the football field. She she finds any numerous ways to get injured. <laughs> yeah, at uh, training. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, um, pay, you guys have you. been over to the. Um, the, the Borneo Cup in Malaysia. Yeah, so that's, that's really why we've got you in to have a chat yeah, with us yeah. about it. So um, first of all, tell us, tell us about the Borneo Cup. How many games do you play? Who did you play against? How did it go? Yeah. Yeah, so the, the tournament's been running for about 12 years. Um, it's actually um, run by a former Socceroo, Scott Ongrenshaw. Oh, wow. And Scott... Scott Ongrenshaw. Yeah. Wow. That's a... Go, sorry. A name yeah. from the past. Yeah, mm. that's, that's brilliant. Yeah. I saw him play. Yeah. So Scott's um, obviously uh, settled in in Sabah, in yep. uh, where we actually played, which is the state of uh, in one of the states of Malaysia, Kota Kinabalu. Um, so yeah, so we we uh, this was probably two years in the making, quite frankly. Um, I was trying to get a, a group together back uh, two years ago, but obviously with COVID and yep. whatnot. <clears throat> so I've always wanted to uh bring the boys over to what you know to experience what it's like to play internationally in yeah. in a tournament um in my previous life i used to uh run these uh, uh along with uh I, I won't mind saying his name i'm sure he won't marin vlasic if you're out there uh marin and i and, and even paul wozny uh back in the day we used to take teams to kuala lumpur yep. uh which is always a, around the age 15 to 16 so we did it for five years and and the reason why we did it because you know the experience the boys get from it, and uh, you know what in their faces, you know when they come back home and and during the tournaments they they grow another leg, <laughs> so, so to speak, and the maturity yeah. is is what's fantastic. And of course they become really good players from then and and have gone to bigger and better things. 
So, yeah, so th this was something that I wanted to do um, two years ago, and, and as I said, with COVID. So we, uh, we entered a, a team, uh, predominantly from the Murdoch University Melbourne uh, Football Club, uh, to the under 16s. Unfortunately, a couple of our lads couldn't couldn't make it yep. for various reasons. So, uh, I knew some boys from outside that there were really good quality, good good kids, and coming from good families, which is important, yep. yeah, especially yep. when you're trying to integrate uh, three other boys into into the team, and, yeah. and they fitted in very very well. And uh, you know, and I I did know those I do know those boys and their families really well. So it was just easy, and they really gelled with the lads and and um, and became a very solid unit and yep. the bonding and and the friendships they you know that, that they grew during that yeah. seven you know eight day seven night tour uh, was really you know fantastic and the, and the you know the, the families themselves were just fantastic they so grew. the families went with you so yeah yeah some, some not all but uh, majority did uh, okay. I think it was only four that couldn't so we had four boys on their own not that they were on their own <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they probably enjoyed that actually 15 year olds running muck and morning eh? turn it up <laughs> so no they, they they certainly enjoyed it and um so basically what it was it was um uh, uh, there was two groups so they run the the tournament for a whole week mm -hmm. uh, also, and it's it starts from the 13s, goes all the way through to 16s, and obviously we were the last, being, yep, you know, yep. the, the oldest uh, category. And uh, there was two groups. Um, group A was uh, featured uh, two teams from Malaysia and one from the Philippines, and and Football West. Okay. Football West had a, Good a, a team. Oh, so there was a there was a second West Australian yeah, group. Yeah, okay. TSP, uh, Football West. Uh, they were in Group A, and we were placed in Group B, which uh, predominantly was just ourselves and three other Malaysian teams. But yeah. They're three teams from Malaysia, but they're all parts of different parts of Malaysia, so it's not the same state. So we yeah, have yeah. teams from Sabah, Kalatan, Penang, so they're all from different areas yep. of, of Malaysia, as was in Group A. It was Group A actually had a team that was from the Philippines. So yeah, so yeah, I mean we, um, and you know, again from from the from experience doing this before, I just made sure that the boys actually felt like you know what it feels like you know representing a state, your country, on tour and and, mm. and, and the regime. The schedule and the tight schedule, and you know they, they they had training. You know we had pre, we had a, a light training when we when we first got there. Yeah. Just to get the boys climatized and and understand what what the heat feels like because yeah. it really hits you in the face. Yeah. You, oh yeah. And I mean humid as well as just oh, hot as well. Yeah. yeah. Really humid and um, and and as soon as you step out of the plane and and, and out of the uh, hotel, it, the boys certainly feel it and they they can see what it feels like. Yeah. We, we, we've just come back from tracksuits to, to, to shorts and singlets, pretty much. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we, we did a uh, pre-season, uh, sorry, a, uh, a, you know, a light training session and, um, you know, for a very light training session. And, and then we got went back to the hotel and then we had, a, you know, an early night because obviously the boys were quite tired. And the next day we uh, we had a, a training, uh, not a training session, but a, a friendly match right. against a very local team, uh, Tabs. And... Um, and I'm sure Joni can talk about that one, but um, you know we we start off the game quite slowly, and then long story short, we, we got into our stride. The boys started playing really good football. Uh, the pitch out over there is really soggy, so it was quite. <laughs> yeah. Is it right? Yeah, it was soggy, and, and and the grass over there is a lot different to what we have here. It's it's a thicker leaf, mm. so you've really got to cut it short in order to have a, a really good playing field. Rest. Yeah. If you leave it, if you leave it long, the ball doesn't literally doesn't travel past five. five wow. Miles. Okay. So you really got to hit that ball pretty hard. Yeah. Mm. So, so long story short, we we ended up winning that game. I think it was three one, and then um, but but you know the, the after the after after game was you know spectacular. It was like the boys were just 
you know, especially the the the, the, the Tavs boys, they had like a squad of twenty, I think it was, and they all came and made these boys feel like they're superstars. You know, taking photos, wanting to swap shirts. <laughs> and, you know, you know, like they were, you know, swapping. I don't know these days what is it, Instagram, yeah, <laughs> Snapchats, and whatever all or else that goes around. But um, yeah, they made made the boys feel really special, and uh, and that's the best part. And yeah. what I remember of my days in going to KL, you you get that. They're so friendly. Yep. Um, they're really genuine as well. Win, win draw, or loss. They're, they're the same people. They came back. They got smiles on their faces. I think for them, it's just having that that appreciation of playing, you know, kids from other from other countries. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, it'd be. <clears throat> Jaden can tell us for yeah. sure, but uh, that um, excitement of playing international opposition. You know, it's mm. it's a lifelong memory. I played against players from a different country. Yeah. How did you find it, Jaden? I thought it was, um, again, a different experience just to play in normal football here. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely harsher under the conditions there, mm-hmm. the pitch conditions, the heat. Um, but, yeah, everyone you came across, very friendly, help you up, come shake your hand constantly. Um, I think, yeah, it was a great experience. Felt like a superstar, did you? <laughs> Brilliant. So um, with the, the uh, climactic conditions, was it... Rolling substitutions? Did, did you have drink breaks? That that sort of thing. Yeah. So, with, with the Australian teams, particularly, obviously, we're not used to those yeah. conditions. And yeah, so there was rolling rolling substitutions, right? Um, yeah. And obviously, there was regular um, drink breaks. Now, the, the thing is, we don't play. You know, thirty forty five minutes. It's it's twenty two minute half. Oh, I was just about right. to ask, were yes, you still playing full? Yes. Okay. Under the tournament conditions, twenty two minutes. If you reach the final, they they bump it up to twenty five minutes per half. Yep. Um, did you reach the final? We we got to the semis oh. and and we uh, ended up playing third place playoff against the Football West. In- <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was actually a little bit more uh, chilled and casual because I mean um, the Malaysian referees didn't didn't, really, didn't have any team to, to you know to yeah you know, and that's another question. But um, well, we'll get onto that one. We'll get onto that one. You can but, guarantee um, that. Hugh, Hugh is a referee too, yeah, so yeah. just you know. Really get stuck into him, you know. Yeah, yeah no, have a go. No, He's left his walking stick and his dog out the front. So, <laughs> no, it was, uh, look, we, we ended up beating Football West four two. Uh, brilliant. We, we finished off with the third place playoff, but I think the boys played a brilliant brand of football. And as and as the tournament progressed, the boys got stronger and stronger. Yep. And uh, you know, our football was you know by far, the, in my opinion. But even Scott said we were by far the best side playing. Excellent. In, in the tournament, um, it's just the way the cookies crumble. Unfortunately, when, yeah. you're, yeah. when you're playing abroad, you've got to take the good with the bad, and, and some of that bad could be a little bit of, you know, um, little bias <coughs> towards the, the the opposition team. But go on, get, go on, go on. That, that's the second time. Go on, let, yeah. let's have it. Yeah, yeah. That's what happened in the semi final? Tell give us. It, give us the the main contention that okay, uh, went well, against you. We, we, I mean, Jaden can chime in any time. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were playing in the semi-final against the Grey United, and they were from uh, uh, an area called Kalantan in, right. in Malaysia. And they were a pretty reasonable team. They were beating everybody before them, you know. Yeah. And they played football West. They beat all those teams and so forth. And they came across us, and in the first, I think it was probably first five minutes, bang, we had one in back of the net. Brilliant. And, and then we were just, in the first half, we were just, we had them on toes pretty much. We were just playing great football and putting a lot of pressure. But... You know, one thing that you had to contend with was the heat. Yes, yeah. We were applying a lot of pressure. We knew that if we let them play, that they'll they may return the favour. So we made sure from the first in the first twenty two minutes, 
they were under the pump and we did so. However, as the game progressed, you know, we got caught on the counter uh, because we were pressing so high. Yeah. We got caught on the counter and, and then they, 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 they score from a header, from a cross, and then our goalkeeper got to it, but obviously hit it up to the bar and ran in. Uh, yeah. So we got to 1-1 and we were at half-time 1-1 and obviously the boys were, you know, you can see the boys really starting to, to, to feel it because the heat was, that's probably one of the worst days, obviously. And then came in the second half and then um, we started to see a bit of a change. You know, I don't really like to use that as an excuse because it's, you know, at the end of the day, if you get the ball in the net, that's hey, end of the yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 It's a, and, that, and that was our aim. Mm. I mean, we had plenty of opportunities to, to, to put it away, but it, it got to a point where once they had snatched the, 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 the second goal, it felt like, um, and Jane can attest to this, it was like we, there were six stretches that came, came on. In those in the last 15, 20 minutes, they're doing that tactic at that age level. Yeah. yeah. Wow. They get taught to. Yeah. You know, like, I don't want to. Yeah, do it. <laughs> That's what we get you on here for. You know, you, by all means, go for it. I mean, obviously, we, we were just you know we were frustrated from the sideline. Yeah. Every oh, every so minute, it was someone going down. They're yeah. getting the stretch wrong. Yep. Then they get up. Yeah. yeah. Right. The stretcher comes back out. Another minute later, there was one boy. Uh, I, I remember one clash. I think one of our boys clashed into two of their parts. So it wasn't for a header, and those two boys actually clashed. Not not, not our boy, yep. to their play. They both went down. <laughs> yep. Right? The stretcher came out, and they didn't really know who to... Who to <laughs> <stretch right. laughs> you know? So, and, and that took, like, two or three minutes. Yep. And we were just going, you know, are you holding up time? What's going on? Yeah. And then they one came, one got up, and the other one, they stretched it off, put them onto the, you know, where their, their goal side. Hmm. And he got up and ran all the way up to the halfway line, ready to come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And knowing uh, referees, they would have just gone, yep, straight back on. And Pete heard this story. Yeah, that, that never happened with me when I was refereeing. He was like, yeah, you were dead. You know, you were literally, you needed, you know, the ambulance to come and pick you off the, off the ground yeah. 30 seconds ago. You've gone over the line and now all of a sudden it's a miracle recovery. Yeah. You just stay there for a little bit, mate, you know, and I'll come over and check yeah. to make sure you're 100%. But obviously that didn't happen. No, um, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We um, on this show, uh, Pete and I in, in particular, have discussed this, that Australia, and, and it looks like all the way down the levels, need to get a little bit more soccer smart, you know, time management. Until the referee, or FIFA, <laughs> and that always yeah. comes out of my mouth a little bit harder than every time I use that phrase, uh, need to come up with some sort of better system yeah yeah if, if you stretch it off you're not back on for 10 when, minutes or something when we had that uh world cup qualifier in thailand mm. uh, a few years ago and they just kept on going down and you could see the frustration it, it 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 it's a tactic it, yeah it, well, it, it, it's it, a tactic but yeah. it's also um it spoils the spectacle as oh, well for the fans that. like even as a neutral so <sighs> yeah. yeah obviously if your team's you know losing you're frustrated about it if it was the other way around, your team was winning. Even if you're not going out of your way to use that tactic, when your players goes down, oh, yeah, just, just stay down for an extra minute or two. It's fine, you know. But either way, it does spoil. As a neutral, it spoils the spectacle. So yeah. I, I think FIFA does need to come up with some sort of, yeah. you know, that or, or um, yeah. Again, the referee needs to be proactive in that. But I was watching the um, the blockbuster that was. Uh, billed as European champions versus world champions, England versus the US in the women's game just on Wednesday, I think it was. And a US player goes down. Um, looked, you know, fairly 
standard challenge. Mm. Player goes down, ball continues to play. <laughs> uh, the English continue to, to play. Yeah. And, of course, the, the Americans are going, bang, 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 shots on. Yeah. And they all started to, to, to go towards um, the referee and the English players. It's like, you know. If the whistle has a time, it's game on, yeah. If it was a serious injury, and you can always spot a serious injury when they occur, yeah, sure, the game stops. And that's in the, the laws of the game. The referee must bang, stop immediately. Player safety, paramount. But if it's a tactic that's designed to, you know, give you that advantage, whether the coach can come on, well, not come on, but the coach can make some um, adjustments for, for team um, structure, individual uh, coaching. If that's what they're doing it for, then, yeah, that, that really needs to be, be stopped. But, yeah, I, I saw that and I thought, well, good on you. You know, the player's not seriously injured. Yeah. They're a, they're, you're effectively playing against 10 men now. Yeah. Well, 10 players. Let me get that non-gender specific term there. Sorry uh, for those that were picking that one up. Uh, yeah, so you're down to 10 players. <coughs> Bang in the shot. Oh, yeah. And, and we've all seen the ones where, you know, a, a striker goes down. Yeah. The referee's like, play on. The striker stays on the ground. Yeah. And then as soon as the ball's out and back to the midfield, the striker sort of quite sheepishly gets up and, you know, walks back. And, you know, obviously a, a good ref would sort of just make a note of that as well. And they're here, all right, well, next time you go down, you know, I'll remember that. Yeah, um, yeah, it obviously well, wasn't that bad. Yeah, yeah. No, <clears throat> that happened. Tell us more about the trip. Jamie, yeah. what was the food like, mate? What what was your, your go-to uh, lunchtime meal? Because carbo loading, what, what was happening? Come on. Didn't really get a choice with lunch on the tournament days. Um, food really? was Food was provided um, by locals. Yeah. So on the bottom of the stadium, you'd have mainly pretty much every single day, it was just rice and noodles, fried rice, yeah. some sort of fried noodles. But, um, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Hotel food, the buffet was all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a few pizza nights, um, pasta pizza. Good one. Yeah, food was all right. Were, were the games played in the mornings or the afternoons? Yeah, that's a good question. Or evenings? Afternoons. Afternoons. Okay, so it was like your yeah, lunch and then, yeah. then the so game. So that, that, was, that was another thing that, that I found not strange, but something that maybe wasn't... Oh, look, they've been doing this for years, but I know uh, in the past when we used to go to KL and play teams, we, we always focused on the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yep. More so, because it's cooler. But uh, to play in the, in the middle of the day... Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's where you can see, yeah. <laughs> you know, where, where the boys start to struggle in the that, hydration. That's that home like, ground advantage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, look, it was, um, it was certainly, you know, a great experience. And, and, and yeah, and when it comes to food, well, you know, as part of the package, a lot of the food was included, which yep. is good. Yeah. Uh, breakfast and and uh, we had some dinners that were brilliant, like welcome dinner, farewell dinner, and, and there was a cultural show, which is what they do every year yep uh where they get all the teams um from ages from 13 through to 16 so any any of the australian teams that are participating mm-hmm. whether they're um still participating or not they go they attend this cultural show and it's hosted by uh, scott i don't know if you guys remember Andy pascalides we do remember that yeah Pascalides, yep. sbs, SBS yep. legend yeah so Andy was Andy was one of the hosts and um and ante geek uh, former oh, soccer. that name's familiar. Yeah, yeah. Ante Genk. Ante Genk. Um, wow, you're bringing up all the. Oh, yeah. Sounds Genk. like everyone that used to be Ricky involved in football is retired to Malaysia. Yeah, <laughs> one on. Actually, the competition's there pretty good. We, um, <coughs> Jaden, 
talk about this, but we, uh, as part of it, we we attended one of the Premier League games right. in, in Malaysia, the Malaysian Premier League, and yep. we went and watched the Sabah uh, versus Penang, mm-hmm. and I. It, the the stadium holds twenty five thousand yep. where we were, but at Liquor Stadiums, and um, I'm pretty sure it was probably about close to eighteen thousand. Okay, and um, and that was a really good experience. And but you can see where some of the kids are getting their because uh, you know their chillage around time wasting and, and yeah yeah yeah. Yep. You can see it in the Premier League. Some of the some of those some of the tackles are horrendous. Let me tell you. <laughs> wow. Uh, and there was no yellow car. Just play on. Yeah. Uh, funny. The funny thing is, uh, the first yellow car was a shirt pulling. But before that, there was guys getting tackled from behind. Actually, you know, and, and they were just letting the game play on. Well, what was what was the standard of the NPL? Like, if, like if you were to compare it here, I don't know if you followed the NPL here. Like, yeah. On, on the NPL. On, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's far greater than the NPL. Okay. Um, you know, you, those guys get paid pretty good to okay. play in that league. Um, it's faster. Uh, yeah. It's end to end. Which is really really good, and then um, you don't get you don't get eighteen thousand in NPL. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like uh, on a par with say the A League, then would you yeah, about be that level? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, look, I've seen A League. I've seen some really good games, and I've seen yeah, pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty yeah. Poor games. So <laughs> I, I, I thought that was a pretty good game, and I'm sure Jaden can. What do you think, Jaden? What was your experience of it? I thought the Malaysian Premier League the game I think it's well more entertaining than it is over here yeah. the A-League yeah. it's much faster it's end to end but even the atmosphere in the crowd it's yeah. chance constantly going yeah. they've got a whole section sectioned off for just a band playing chance the whole time oh, fantastic so you've got the whole stadium jumping up every time there's a goal everyone's going wild <laughs> but it's just yeah it was pretty spectacular watching brilliant you know I was lucky enough when I was over in Bali saw the um, and again it's part of the Indonesian uh, Premier League saw Bali play, and that was the same yeah. thing. They were, yeah. they were playing Borneo, um, and I, yeah, it was one section was all one end was all red, and the other section was all black. Yep. And I just thought it was the the home fans because back then, Bali United were playing, well, still playing red, but their away strip was black. And I went, oh, <coughs> that's that's interesting that they've got home and away colours. And I went, no, no, they've all come from Borneo. Yeah. Oh, you. Like, there must have been, what, thousands of people. You're joking. I mean, when was the last time you saw more than 10 Adelaide United fans at uh, yeah, no, Park no. in that section that holds, what, 15? I do remember being shocked way back at the start of the A-League in 2005 that there was New Zealand uh, Knights fans there. Well, there still is. Yeah, yeah, no, there still is. Yeah. But, like, you know, from the NSL days, there was basically no away fans at a glory game. Right. And then to have fans of... New Zealand Knights, who were a pretty poor team for the two years they were in the competition <laughs> before they folded. You know, that's, the that's fact that there were still fans over wearing the gear, yep. I was I was impressed. Yeah, I've got a, uh, a Nick's story. I know Nick's uh, close to your heart. Um, well, Wellington. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's, I'm happy to call them a second team. I was, was in the away section, as I, uh, I want to do, and uh, they started punching up against each other. It was great. <laughs> Security come in, what's going on? I said, nothing to do with me, mate. I'm Australian. <laughs> I'm a regular in the shed, so we can't claim any moral high ground there. I've seen a couple of yeah, dust-ups in the yeah, shed. Well, so. I mean, yeah, never mind. What stays on tour? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> interesting, with the, with the um, Malaysian Premier League, with um, the, the rejig we've had 
uh, recently, uh, I believe the winners of the FFA Cup, who was MacArthur FC, unless yep, I'm right. horribly yep. wrong, uh, they actually go into not the Asian Champions League, but the AFC Cup now. Brilliant. Which I think also oh. features uh, Malaysian teams. So we can actually see them head to head. I just pulled up the stats. We've never had an A-League side against a Malaysian team. We've had them against Bali United, actually. Yep, that's right. Which yep. uh, Melbourne Victory won 5-0. Yep. Uh, and a few other Indonesian teams, as, as well as obviously the Japanese and South Koreans and so forth. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we'll get a chance to see them uh, in action then. I've often uh, wondered why Australian teams from the A-League didn't enter into that one because you, you see well, that all the time. Well, I, I actually like the way the the, Asia, the AFC did it. So with the European League, obviously the Champions League's the top one and then you've got the uh, Europa, Europa Cup League. and then now they've got that Conference. one below that. Yeah. Uh, so you had, like, you know, the best English teams would go in the Premier League and then the next best would go in the... Europa League. Yep. Uh, the way the AFC had done it was it was actually based by country. So oh. as Australia was one of the strongest nations, our teams went into the Champions League. Yes. And the second tier one, the AFC Cup, was more for your Malaysias, your Nepals, oh, okay. your Indias, the teams, that, not the teams, the countries that weren't playing at the top level. Yep. So it was like a almost like a, a chance for the smaller nations to get a team in and, and have a decent run That's as opposed to like a second like one of the not better teams from the better countries going in and winning it. So that was actually, I was actually quite quite pleased with the way they've done it. Although, like I say, they've rejigged it now and Australian teams are, are in there. So Yeah, well, John and Pete, myself, we're all of, of the same sort of vintage. Uh, I, I really did enjoy when it was the, the Cup Winners' Cup. Yeah. You know, you, you could, yeah, you have a good cup run domestically and next thing you know, you could be playing Paris Saint-Germain. You could be playing... Uh, uh, ammonia from Nicosia, you know. It's yeah, like, yeah. But cup teams are often um, built differently than than league winning teams. Uh, I, I've seen that more than a few times. It, it, that's why to do the double mm. is is such a well double or, or the treble. You think, well, hang on, you the league you grind out. Yeah, cup, yeah. it's it's that day, that game, and on. Oh, the I've I've been on teams <laughs> um, with Jaden's dad actually, where the coach actually said, "Forget the league, we're going for the cup yeah. because yeah, you know you're going to finish that best mid table on the league, but you've got a good cup run going, and you you might make the semifinals." And well, and that's why I'm, I've not been a, a great uh, supporter. Well, I'm not a great supporter of the the conference league, but um, Aaron Trevathan tried to to teach me uh, the. The sense of why that's there, but you, you see sides in there that are basically going, let's get knocked out as quick as we can so we can concentrate on domestic competitions. Yep. Yep. And if you get competitions like that, then why have it? You know. If, yeah. But as you say, Pete, it's you know for the the lesser sides, you know, that, some, yeah, uh, they get their yeah. time in the sun. You know, you can't all be Manchester United, can we, Jaden? <laughs> oh, they've had their ups and downs. Um. Ups and downs, turn it up. <laughs> Come on. No, they're struggling. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, trying to find their feet. Yeah. Sorry, go on. No, you, you, you started. No, I just moved my seat. <laughs> Good on you. Jaden, favourite United player? Current Oof. United player? McTominay? No. De Gea? Nah, I don't mind. Um, it's not the boy Rooney, is it? Oh, back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> Ronaldo? Uh, he's, he's passing on, I'd say. It's quite 
interesting watching um Sancho play. Yeah. It's a bit flary. Um just seeing his footwork's pretty incredible. But um It's good go to see a Manchester City player doing good, isn't it? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think lately since we signed Martinez closer to the position I play, so it's interesting watching him. Yeah. Right? He's about my height, but the way he's playing against six foot two strikers That's right, yeah. it's incredible to watch. It's a, well, you won't find too many better teachers than, than that boy, that's for, that's for sure. Right. Um, um, John, uh, sorry, one, one more question I wanted yeah, to ask. Um, so if someone's listening in right now, maybe they've got a team uh, of under 13s, 14s, something like that, um, <laughs> and they're thinking, hey, this, uh, this um, you know, Borneo Cup sounds, sounds like a bit of a right. Like, what advice would you give them? Someone, someone that's, okay, they're, they're organised, they're going to send a team over. What's something that they, you know, might not be aware of, might not expect, you know? Crack that head open and pass on some knowledge. Crack on some knowledge, yeah. Well, um, first, firstly, well, be well organised because um, you, you've got to make sure that the boys are hydrated throughout. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very, very important. Um, even, even if it's a training session, um, even if they're walking to, the sh- you know, to, to a shopping mall or as a group, oh, make yeah. sure they're always hydrated throughout. Especially leading up to a game. Is is the tap water there okay to drink, or do you need to rely on bottled oh, water? Look, I, I I probably wash my 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 teeth with some of their tap water, so I'm, I'm still alive. But yeah. um, I still recommend bottled water. Bottled water, uh, yeah. At all times, uh, just to be on the safe side, because you know we 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 experience a lot of their foods yep. uh, as we do, and when, when you're in uh, Malaysia, and um, not nice food. Don't, don't get me wrong, but again, you sometimes don't know. Who, uh, you know how yeah. fresh and, yeah. And, yeah. and what's in it, so you just have to be very, very <laughs> mindful of that. Um, just take some diarrhea tablets with you, um, um, you know, and that might help. But um, yeah. I think you know, look, if, if teams are going, they just got to be well prepared from from hydration, making sure that they they're prepared for that. The heat will hit them first up. Climatise yeah. yeah. as much as you possibly can. So in other words, get some sessions in um, just just to understand what it feels like playing in the middle of the day and yep. and, and and so forth. Um, and, and just be aware that, you know, um, you know when you're actually playing, that, that not everything's going to go your way. Yeah. Uh, we're privileged here in Australia because, well, I'll give you an example. <coughs> when, when we played Football West in the, in the third, fourth playoff at Liquor Stadium, um, you know, the, the game ran smoothly. There was, mm. no, there was no interruptions. There was no fake diving. Good. It was just two teams just playing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to the point the Malaysian referees and, and, and linesmen just, just let it go. Yeah. Um, but in the final, uh, which you know the, the team that actually uh, beat us ultimately won the the cup, um, the two teams that were participating in that game, um, you know, it wasn't as bad as ours. But you know, it was a few fake injuries, guys yeah. going down. It was just like, you know, it was interrupted. Whereas our game was just smooth and it kept running. It was, you know, it was good football. We, we obviously we played our boys really uh, played really really well. But there was no interruptions. It was no. It was just flow, free-flowing football. This yep. is the final, which okay. won. So. so you didn't take any of those tactics. I would have thought, um, having made the semis, you take on a few of the the local traits. You, you didn't uh, think about saying the boys throw yourself on the ground and we can uh, we can take ten minutes. <laughs> Especially off the when you're up one 0 Yeah, yeah, yeah one 0 up. Right, in, mate, in the first half, sure. <laughs> we're, we're just too honest. Uh, <laughs> we, we are. We're just too yeah. honest. I mean, yeah. even in the semi-final against Grand United, which is the team that ultimately won the cup. You know, we were one, winning 1-0. One, one of our boys uh, got past the play, was in the box, and he actually got clipped from behind. Yeah. He actually stumbled, but still kept on going yep. and, and had a shot and goal and missed. 
And I, I said, and that's just being streetwise. I mean, I, yeah. I said, you know what you could have done? Yeah. He's gone down and yeah. he, he had no choice but to give you a penalty. Yeah. So that's just how, I wouldn't say no, it's just being a bit streetwise and, and knowing, you know, you know, that moment there, we probably would have been 2-0 up and, you know, yep. who knows? We yep. could have obviously been in the final. Then. Yeah. No, well, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it, it goes against the grain, doesn't it? And that's the point I was making, that Australia... Men and women, and yeah, I, I don't, I don't really like to see it. But if you are playing international football, it's you need to to get every advantage that you can. Yeah, yeah. And if the referee is allowing that to continue, <coughs> why not? Why yeah. not join in that tactic? You know, they're doing it. Why can't we? Well, as you say, if you, not that I encourage it, but you know, if you're getting a tackle from behind, I know what I'd be doing if I was coach. Um, <laughs> Come over here, Jaden, mate. Uh, refs have been a bit lenient here. Do you see that big number nine? Do the number on him, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but look, you know, at the end of the day, we, we didn't stick to that, that type of level. We, yeah. we, we tried to do what we could do and, and play our best football possible. I mean, you know, it was frustrating, not just for myself. Obviously, the players were getting really frustrated, and, mm. and you can see. Um, and But, you know, we, we, we can certainly hold our head high. We... we we still, you know, our football was really, really good. And But the most important part, and I'm sure Jane could speak about that, but doing these type of tools in the past, and, 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 and my aim was, was to get these boys across this year, was yep. more for the experience of, of understanding it what yeah. it feels like to play in a, yeah. in a tournament, representing your country, um, being in a very tight schedule, uh, pool sessions, recovery sessions, yep. um, you know, uh, you know any training that we we, we, we could fit in, yep. but just so they understand yeah. how it feels, mm. and and they, they got some rock star you know experience with ki- you know playing as kids, trying swaps shirts, yeah, and photos, <laughs> and when you when you're walking around the shopping centres, everyone's looking around because yeah. all the boys are all dressed up in their, uh, their club gear, and that's that's the experience I want the boys to to, to actually come back home and mm. say. You know what? That's that's really was worth it, and something that they can remember, hopefully into the future. Because that's you know, it's they may not get that opportunity ever again. Yeah, so yeah, true. That, that was our aim anyway. And, and I'm guessing you probably only bought one or two uh, sets of kits anyway, so they weren't allowed to swap with the other team. Uh, maybe until the final game or something. Well, well, in that case, you wouldn't want to be swapping with football no. West anyway. <laughs> <laughs> big deal, you know. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Local, yeah. Most of the boys knew each other, and so there's no, there's no uh, excitement there. But yeah. no, the boys were given. Uh, Licensed to swap uh, one of their uh, playing tops okay. and, yeah. and training yeah. training gear. Yeah. Uh, we, we gave them that privilege, and uh, and that and the boys certainly did. And in return, they got sub R shirts yep. and, yep. and, and, and uh, tabs and, and all, all those. So, what did you get, Jaden? What, what did you give up? And what did you get in return? Oh, I gave up one of my old training tops, so I gave him a dodgy old. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> cheeky bugger! But uh, he gave me the same back. The, oh, okay. The team we played in the friendly, they had um, a training top on that was brand new. So I swapped with a guy that I played in the friendly with. Um, it was funny because the guy I swapped with, I had him in my mind that I wanted to swap shirts with him because I've gone, after the friendly game, gone to take a photo with the striker. And this guy, the kid's running, he's taking his shirt off and he stood holding it up like this. <laughs> and I said, oh, that's just, it's class. Yeah. Confidence. So yeah. End of the tournament, I went over. Shook his hand, just swapped shirts with him. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant. So, um, any any thoughts of playing into uh, overseas when you uh, get to that age, or maybe? 
Yeah, I'd like to. Um, that's the goal. Uh, Got to take one step at a time. Oh, it's a yeah. place. Yeah. Look at that. He's, he's, all the cliches. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> You're halfway there. You've got the cliches worked. <laughs> one step at a time. You know, the boys played well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Referee was, uh, you know... He had a good game. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what that's no what comment. makes your day. <laughs> <laughs> right, so they were. So the you had a full complement of match officials from Indonesia yeah. for each game. Malaysia, yeah. So, yeah, Malaysia. So, sorry, Malaysia, Malaysia Indonesia, yeah. Malaysia. No, it was, it was all all three. Um, yeah, through every game. Good. Uh, even the friendly game. Funny enough, I wasn't expecting it, but yeah, three officials. So Excellent. It's properly run. Yeah. And they were from the Malaysian Premier League, or, or just um... yeah, from the um, from the uh, association, which wow. is the uh, uh, Malaysian Football Association. Yeah. That's brilliant. That is brilliant. So, if as Pete was alluding to, and we've had a similar thought process, <laughs> how uh, would a club go about uh, applying for next season's tournament? Yeah, so they can. Um, they can go through the. They'd, all they have to do is to search it up uh, on Google, uh, and that the, search is and, and Borneo just Borneo, Borneo Cup. Cup, Borneo, Borneo Cup. Youth Cup, mm-hmm. um, and that will take them to a, to the site, and then all the contact details are, are through there. And uh, as I said, I, I tried to do this two years ago, and so yeah. goes put a hold on that uh, yeah. with COVID, and we'll get back in touch hopefully <laughs> when when that happens. And when it did, then uh, Scott and I uh, were just liaising throughout, and you know he'll send you all these types of forms. Uh, to whoever the team management might be, and then all they need to do is fill out the form. They need to put all the the, the tour. You know, if, you, if you're taking the whole group of families, yep. or not. Yep. There's they're also participating in all that. The packaging includes families and players yep. and whatnot, and um, and you just fill it in and and, and, and follow your steps from there. And then yeah. All right. Yeah. Were there? Um, so you, you mentioned Mum were there and Football West. Were there any other teams from Australia that uh, uh, turned up? Yeah, there was, but in different age groups. So I right. think mm-hmm. in um, I think the fifteens had I'm not sure how many teams I know they had Perth Soccer Club okay. uh, in the under fifteens. Football West team in that one as well. Football West, yep. there you yep. go. The under fourteens, I think there were teams from over like St George. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of teams from New South Wales and, and Victoria um, right. in in the younger age groups. But in the sixteens, it was just ourselves and Football West, and the fifteens was foot, uh, Perth Soccer Club and Football okay. West as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's Excellent. it. That you're only it. allowed, mind you, you're only allowed, in saying that, you're only allowed, uh, they only allow two teams, two Australian teams per age category. Oh, okay. okay. So you've got to get in quick if you want to, yeah. you know. Yeah, because everyone else has to be from, from Malaysia or Asia in particular. Right. Yeah. That's an interesting okay. thought process. Yeah. yeah, well, and I suppose that makes it a little bit more um, viable for the local competition because, as yeah, you true. said, with two local sides in the final, that's good business. Yeah, uh, surely if you yeah, doesn't matter how you get there. Opening opening it up, <laughs> yeah, yeah. opening up for everybody, then you you're probably going to run the risk of the locals not being overly interested in seeing Mum FC versus Football West in the final. Mm. Uh, that's an interesting point you made about the referees, though. That uh, yeah, slow mm-hmm. local bias. I had to get that one in. Yeah, yeah no, that's all right. I'll let it slide. That's right. You're out okay. the country now, so you can. <laughs> <you know. laughs> I'll let it slide. Uh, all right. Well, we've got um, plenty uh, on the the show today. We've got Luke Pavlos lined up, who's going to talk to us about Sterling Macedonia's involvement with the Perth Glory and the um, upgrade that's happening at Macedonia Park. We'll have Molly Appleton in the second hour, and we will have Perth Glory superfan 
Matt Stacey to close out the show. Anything else you'd like to say, gentlemen? Would you like to stay for a bit longer? I know, Jaden, you uh, have commitments. So you're welcome to stay if you wish. If not, we thank you very much for your time this morning, uh, John and Jaden, and telling us all about the Borneo Cup. Hopefully we can have another chat uh, next year when you come back and we'll have the cut right here. On this well, it'll be, they'll be under, well, unless John's taken a, y- a younger team because under 16s is the highest that it goes to. Oh, is it right? Oh, I did. I, you mentioned that and I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were listening. Head, head like a hole in it went and out it went. <laughs> is it right? Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, 16s is the oldest age group. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much where it ends. Oh, okay. And then from there, the boys obviously will uh, end up playing in, you know... Unless Mum FC gets through to, like, the Asian Champions League or something, yeah. you know... <laughs> Oh, so that's probably... Oh, look, it's, it, I, I guess what it does open, um, particularly for a club, and Mum FC are a, a huge club, you know, mm. participation-wise, you know, <coughs> probably the largest in terms of uh, kids and, and whatnot. Yep. It, it just opens up for the next age group, you know, if it's a 15 or 16s every year, yeah. to have something to, 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 to aim at, to maybe, yep. you yep. know, turn up and, and play at the Borneo. I Cup. suppose that's why... So, uh, so disappointed that COVID kicked in because you what, mm. had planned to go all yep. three years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Ah, that's ah, bloody COVID, eh? <laughs> oh, All right. One of the worst things there. Anyway, thank you very much. We'll uh, we'll get uh, Luke onto the line in just a moment. Stick with us. Plenty more to come. You're on Radio Fremantle 107.9, the World Football Program. If I can press the right buttons in the right order, we will be back very very shortly with Luke Pavlos. 107.9 FM, your local station. Oswest Fencing and Raw Iron is a fourth-generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install, or automate your gates, offer electronic security, or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM, the World Football Program. And we are on every Saturday morning from 10 till noon. Joining us on the line right now is Luke Pavlos, from the President from Sterling Macedonia. Good morning, Luke. How are you today? Good morning. Thanks for having me on the show. It's our well, pleasure. It is our pleasure, Luke. Luke, exciting things and exciting days down at the Massey area. Can you inform our listeners exactly how that is progressing, please? Uh, yeah, so we, we've just started works, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, pitch is going through renovations. We put that on um, into renovations basically straight after the season. Um, it's 
starting to take shape. There's a fair bit more work to do to obviously get it to the A-League standard, but it'll be an amazing pitch, you know, by the time that the guys are re- well, guys and girls are ready to play on it. Um, there's some fence lines that have been changed up at the moment. I think grandstand seating uh, commences this week as well. So it's going to be a bit of a construction site for the next you know, three, four weeks. Yep. Um, but, you know, it'll be amazing once it's all done. Now, you mentioned the fence line there. Which fences are we talking about? The fence uh, surrounding the pitch? Yeah, that's right. We're just widening the actual fence line uh, on the on the main pitch itself, only by about an extra metre and a half, two metres, um, just for that extra runoff and to, you know, allow um, you know, the warm-up period, you know, have guys warm up uh, during the game. You know, our, our MPL uh, pitch is, you know, a little bit small compared to what they usually have at HBF Park or mm-hmm. you know, yeah. elsewhere in Australia in terms of allowing that warm-up area. So, yeah, we're just widening that a little bit, that's all. Now, with the pitch dimensions at Macedonia Park, does that um, mirror HBF Park? It, it, it doesn't, does it? It's, it... Uh, they actually play on a slightly narrower pitch than yeah. what we do. Right. Um, yeah, they do, but at the end of the day... Um, the, the pitch itself will be you know, it will be marked out to whatever dimension they want. We've got enough room there, of course. Uh, um, you know, to, to, to meet the standards that they require. So, you know, um, our dimensions are, are pretty much the same as Dorian Gardens. Um, it's just you know, at Dorian Gardens, you know, Perth usually mark their pitch a little bit narrower again than what we do. We like a wider pitch when we play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, yeah, having refereed there more than a few times, uh, Luke. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get wide. No, please don't. Play it down the guts. <laughs> so you mentioned um, stadium seating. Will yeah. that be on the far side, so opposite the um, the stadium? Yeah, so the, the main grandstand area itself at the moment, we've got benches through there. So those benches are coming up, and there'll be stadium seating that gets put through there. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah, and then there's going to be grandstand on the northern side and another stand to the southern side. The southern side, I think, at the moment will be the um, uh, the shed area because uh, they like to be behind the pitch and stir up the goalkeeper. Yep. Um, That's. But yeah, the, the the grandstand on the north side will be you know quite a significant structure. I think it's going to seat just over two thousand people. Wow. So the northern side. That's the. Car park area. Uh, car park side. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. So the shed's going to be on the um, Karen Up Road end. Yeah, that, that, that's our understanding at the moment, unless, you know, um, uh, Venues West decide to sort of change it up at any point in time. But um, <laughs> that, that's, that's the plan at this point in time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, venues West. Okay. Yeah. Luke, that's, um, that's great news. So the, the legacy that is going to be left at uh, at Macedonia Park. We, we're talking about um, change room upgrades as well, is, it, is that correct? No, not necessarily. Our, our change rooms were upgraded um, over the last two years, mm-hmm. so they're, they're full um, uh, non-discriminatory, you know, compliant. Good. Uh, so, you know, we've got the cubicles in there for the girls and, you know, we've got non-slip floors and all those sorts of things. So... Um, you know, there might be some additional painting to floors and that yeah. sort of stuff, but generally the change rooms meet the requirements for both, you know, the A League and FIFA. Um, so mainly legacy type items. Um, you know, there's some additional power upgrades going into the site. There's some additional fencing going into the site. Um, 
you know, there's, there's a number of, you know, s- small things, but they're big things to us just to help sort of operationally as well. Um, you know, some landscaping, you know, painting in certain areas. I think the grandstands, yeah, would love to re- retain them, but, you know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the, the issue we had with it all is that it's just timing and, you know, supply. Um, you know, if there was enough time to, to get it all up and running and order the stuff in and enough labour to get it all done, then, you know, there probably would be some legacy pieces like that. But um, it'll compromise the season if, if we're to do that. Right. That uh, was going... You've done well there. That was going to be uh, one of my (laughs) questions for this interview. With the A-League season, is that going to impact the start of Macedonia's season next uh, next year? No, not necessarily, because Night Series starts uh, end of January Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. runs till the end of Feb slash first week of March. Um, The season, from what we've been told by Football West, will still run... Uh, in the same commencement um, as what it was last year, so it'll be about a mid-March type period. So there may be one or two games uh, that may clash with with what we um, uh, with, with our games itself, but uh, we'll just shuffle all the pictures to ensure that it doesn't clash on the same week um, as us. So the same is, yeah, that, that they'll be able to play on that main pitch for their first couple of games, assuming that um, you know uh, we're having the games at home. Um, so yeah, it would be an amazing atmosphere for you know, MPL people to come down and, and, and be part of uh, um, you know, playing on that quality of pitch and having that grandstand around as well. Mm. Yes, it is. Now, um, I know this is probably outside of your uh, realm of control, the public transport from, <laughs> um, yeah. from the train station, because it, it's not a... Well, I mean, it is a walk. I mean, everyone can walk. It's a fair walk. <laughs> Do you have any information about um, the the transport system there? Because as we say, we've had um, a few people on from from various um, aspects of of life, and they were very concerned about. Um, well, I mean, they're happy that the glory of playing at home. Of course, we are. We're, yeah. we're all happy yeah. that that's occurring. But the the transportation, particularly with parking being at a premium at Macedonia Park. Um, have you any news for our listeners concerning the public transport aspect of getting to Macedonia Park? Yeah, so um, we're not too far from the train station. Um, I guess, you know, um, HBF Park itself, uh, you've got Clay's Book Station that's you know quite convenient, but you've got to sort of jump off two, yeah. two lines to get onto that's it. That's right. Whereas if you actually need to walk from the city centre, it's probably just over a K to walk to HBF Stadium anyway, which is really no different yeah. to walking to our ground. Um, it's just the fact that you're not walking through built-up sort of areas. Um, but, yeah, in terms of public transport, it, it's actually fairly convenient. Uh, there's buses that connect directly from the Stirling tra- uh, train station to directly out the front of uh, where the Woolworths is, um, uh, joining our site. Main entrance to the venue is going to be from the rear grounds, and, and parking is going to be in the rear grounds as well. Uh, the council's been good to allow us to, to open that up to allow for people to park in those areas. Um, so you'll probably find that bus frequencies will, will increase. Um, whether there's specific shuttle buses that uh, are put in place, I'm not 100% sure. The council's sort of um, behind that, talking with um, Transperth. Um, the other thing I mentioned was, you know, City of Stirling, we've got those little uh, uh, electric scooters as well, so, you know, anyone can grab one of those and shoot <laughs> down to the club, so <laughs> that would be a bit of fun. Uh, 
<laughs> that sounds like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. see Sterling Macedonia electric scooter shop opening up soon. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, people would yeah, get down the beach and shoot down Karen up road all the way to park and shoot back. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> good work. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, so it'd be fairly convenient. There's a bus stop, you know, yeah. that's almost directly at the front, so they'll be able to get there. And there's a bus stop the opposite way as well. Well, so it's just a matter of coordinating that with um, Transperth to increase frequency if required. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That that that's excellent news. Um, now, with the uh, broadcast partners, they've got some pretty big b- trucks. Have you um, factored that in as well with the car parking situation? Yeah, so, so just with regards to the car parking, um, said the main entrance for, for any public coming in will be through the rear grounds. So parking on site is specific for, you know, trucks, the buses oh, and okay. stuff. Yeah, and and we obviously have, um, you know, various food trucks and those sorts of things, you know, various infrastructure in place for for the event. Um, So, yeah, there's plenty of room for parking there. And the rear grounds itself, you know, it's massive. It's, you know, three football pitches itself, you know, probably three and a half football pitches. So there's plenty of room there for parking as well. There's Woolworth Shopping Centre next door. There's Waldex on the other side. There's, you know, there's plenty of parking there. Yeah, do yeah, they? Do they? Of, does know. Woolworths allow sort of general public parking there? I know sort of, sort of my local Woolworths is big, which is right next to a train station. There's big signs about you know your license plate will be scanned and you must be a patron of Woolworths type thing. Yeah, um, in terms of that Woolworths, yeah, uh, you know, they don't have those signs up at all. Uh, the other side of it is that the Glory Men specifically won't clash with operating times of the shopping centre itself. You know their games will mostly be around. Seven seven thirty. Okay, they get, that's true. Yep. Uh, whereas the women's will be on the Sunday, and we're opening up those rear grounds for the women's as well. Yep. Um, and to be honest, I don't think the women's will impact any more than what our regular, you know, sort of games would anyway. In terms yeah, that's, of their that's parking fair point. Time. Yeah, that's true enough. Yes, it is, and we are always hopeful that the women's game kicks on and grows bigger and bigger and bigger. So that becomes the the problem that. Um, we want it to become. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> with uh, the Australian Professional Leagues, you've had a fair amount of discussion with them on making this uh, move as smooth as possible. Can you give us a little bit of an insight as to how that process went or is it still ongoing? No, the, the, the APL have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, um you know they've come come and visit the venue probably three four times. Um, even when we had the women there last year, they visited and you know ticked it off um, as you know, the approval for, for their use. Um, you know there's been some operational things which you know uh, other people have you know said you know how, how they want things run and and APO said no, I, I think it should be run this way, which is like um, a more logical way in in doing it given the sort of venue that we've got as well. So. They've been really supportive, um, you know, and, and, and really want to make sure that, you know, the Glory, you know, have a good season uh, given, you know, disruption. Mm. Um, and uh, they will look to help them in any way they can in order to ensure that. Yep. Now, the upgrade to the lighting, uh, are you trucking in portable lighting towers or is it going to... Yeah, so we're doing a minor upgrade yeah. to ours. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're bringing in, I think it's four portable lights. You know, they're, they're huge. Apparently, yeah. it'll yeah. create um, it's 1,500 lux oh. daylight on the pitch. Jeez. Um, yeah, yeah, so, wow. Yeah, was, yeah, was, so, was that a requirement from, from the APL or, or uh, yeah, the, the broadcast the, partners? The, the, broadcast, the broadcasting um, side of things for the APL men's is fairly different to the APL women's. Yes. So women's can actually get away with about 500. Uh, whereas the men's has to be sort of around that lux. Now, you know, they've, they've basically said that, you know, if um, if it doesn't meet that, that requirement, you know, they'll be too fussed about it. But it's just, you know, to, to try to bring it in line with, you know, what the the quality of the picture is for, you know, some of the other stadiums that have been broadcasted as well. They just, you know, want to maintain that um, that, that same level. But, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that, that's understandable. Not, they'll just adjust it accordingly. Yeah, no, we've seen a few of those um, FA Cup matches uh, at uh, suburban grounds, and when they do their ground by ground to ground coverage, you can go to yeah, as just, we've seen, you go to a local venue and go, oh, that's a bit dark, and then they go to a uh, an A League venue and go, oh, crikey, that's bright. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, fifteen hundred. Yeah. Yeah, so we're looking forward to seeing what that looks like, and I'm sure the public will as well. Yeah, you don't really notice when you're at you know, um, you know larger venues because it's, you know, it's just light. Yeah. Um, but you definitely know you know the difference between you know visiting the men's game and visiting the women's game you know, this time around. The men's will generally be on a Saturday, and then those lights will come out, and the women's are on the Sunday following. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it'd be a bit of chalk and cheese. I, I do have a uh, selfie I took with my daughter at a Glory game probably 10 years ago now, but we're up in the grandstand and sort of, you know, turn around, face the camera. And it wasn't until afterwards I looked at the photo and the pictures lit up. You would not have known it was a night game. It honestly looked like it was a Sunday afternoon game. You know, if you weren't told that it was, no, it was 8 o'clock at night. Wow. Yeah, yeah, the the, the lights are amazing. But, you know, our ground itself, you know, the the, the lights are pretty good there. Um, so, So to think that you're, you know, tripling that, um, yeah, it'll be ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a song that comes to mind immediately: "Sunglasses at Night." Do you? <laughs> like, Where to yeah. go, Corey Hart? Yeah, <laughs> yeah good on you, Pete. Yeah, I thought it was just me being that nerdy. <laughs> you had to come up with Corey Hart. Well done, Luke. The season that uh, Sterling had, you must have been so proud, uh, particularly from where you came from the season beforehand. Can you talk us through that one, please? Yeah, yeah, for, for us, you know, it was an amazing season. Um, you know, if someone said at the start of the season we'd finish, you know, third on the table and just miss out on, you know, um, grabbing the league in the, in the, in the last game, um, you know, I, I would have, you know, uh, I have taken that, no issue at all. But, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you know we, we, we had a, yeah, it was a really good season. You know, it's a full credit to the coaching staff and the support around them and the players themselves, you know. Halfway mark of the season, we were sitting top of the table and, and looking pretty, and uh, there was a bit of hype about, you know, would we take it out? And we come close. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that, yeah so that, that, that last that last week uh, was was really exciting. You know, for not only us, but for, for Floria and for um, uh, for Red Star as well. Um, I think looking back at it, you know, we probably dropped a few games, uh, we dropped a few points where we probably shouldn't have, and, and that really cost us to, you know, some of those lower teams. Mm. Um, and a lot of that just comes down to you know injuries, consistency, you know those sorts of things. A lot of teams sort of caught on to how we played as well, and you know really sat back and you know made it really difficult for us uh. to um, to sort of break them down. But 
you know, we're aware of that. We're aware of how all the other teams play now. It's a bit of a learning curve for us, and um, you know, we'll get bigger and better. Yeah, no, it's amazing that the step up from division to division. Um, most people looking from the outside just go, "Well, you just go up to the next division. How hard is it?" But <laughs> it's a huge step. Yeah. The uh, players. Yeah, Sorry, Luke. You please. I was going to say we, we, we had a fairly good squad from last year, so you know we didn't really add too much. We just added a few players in mm-hmm. some key areas, like we brought in you know, Luke Palmatier and and Christian at the back, just yep. to, to firm up that. And Calvin dropped in as well, and and uh, and Dompe. Um, so really, that's through um, through the team, and you know that that's that, that made a huge difference. Yeah. And most of that uh, squad is signed on for next season. Yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're all, all, all the players, you know, really happy, at, you know, with, with the club environment and and, uh, and where we left off. So yeah, we're looking forward to um, improve on. Excellent, and you're on the uh, the lookout for a uh, thirty goal striker, like every other club. Darrell Nichols scored as many goals we entire <laughs> Now back to the glory. Most of the games, if not all of them, will be night games. Is that correct? Have I read that? Um... The men's, yeah, yeah the yeah. men's will definitely be all night games. Yep. Um, the women's uh, one of about. Four, five o'clock yeah. type kickoff. I think four o'clock. Yeah. Um, uh, it's not really within our control. It's oh, um, you know, obviously the Glory and, and Venues West sort of run those sort of side of things with the APL and then with um, uh, Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. And Paramount Plus has a big say on you know the broadcasting and, and when the game should be uh, broadcast. Um, purely because you know Eastern states want to watch, and then obviously from a um, point of view as well, the, the the lighting you don't want too much sun directly in the, in the light of the cameras as well. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, from the women's perspective, you know, if we can push some of those games out a bit later, I just think you know, come peak of summer when all <laughs> those games are going to be played, you know, those those girls are going to be crying. That's true enough. Now, on a slightly different topic, Luke, your thought process or, or yeah, your thoughts on um, the scuttlebutt that. Football in this country will go back to a winter sport. Do you do you have a, a, a at the men's well the professional level anyway? Do you have a, a a view either way on that one? Because you know, yeah, I, I, I personally like the fact that it will be a winter sport. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a winter sport sort of everywhere else Jeez. in the world. I, I think you know we we've been a little bit cautious here in Australia, and and you know pulled away from, from, you know, competing with the AFL. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we tend to sort of, you know, do that summer sort of thing instead of the winter. Um, and I, I definitely think, you know, winter, you know, would, would be, you know, the, the preferred option for it all. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, it, it's value, um, it's the entertainment, I guess, the big venues best us this year. Or anyone else moving forward, you know how you bring those people through the gate. Um, you know, obviously during summer it's a little bit easier because mm. you know it's warm. People want to get out of the night. Winter when it's you know, you know raining and it's cold, it's a little bit harder. But um, there needs to be an entertainment piece that you know draws people to it. You know, like a Man City or Man United. That's fair enough as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, with again another yeah. side topic, the 
need for a, well, a, a backup, second, uh, reserve, rectangular stadium? Oh, in, in Western Australia. In Western yeah, Australia. Yeah. Do you... I don't, I don't think we've got we've got Macedonia now. They've, they've well, that, that's the point I make. So, put their hand up then. Well, I know that. Yeah, and, yeah we've had um, Perth with Dorian Gardens as well. So, oh, good, good point, Pete. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll stop that conversation. <laughs> so you at Macedonia are in the running to be a host venue for, well, not for, for the matches, but a, a training host venue for the World Cup coming up next year. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah it's a, tra- a training base camp for um for the team so the draw happens on the 22nd of october mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. that's a live draw uh in auckland and then from there the teams get to sort of run around australia and have a look at the different venues that are available to them so yeah we're hopeful one of those teams will pick up um i guess we're in a much better now with having the glory there and, yeah you know it um it provides that level of confidence for everyone you know, looking at the stadium, but you know, if it's good enough for the A League men and women, then it should be good enough for us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and the uh, the promotion that you'll get from uh, from the broadcasting of Macedonia Park. That, it, yeah. it would have been brilliant if um, Macedonia uh, was at the Women's World Cup. That would have been a match made in heaven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder where you were going with that one, Pete. That, that's correct as well. Yeah. 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 Luke, thank you very much for joining us. We we really do appreciate your your time here on the World Football Program. Um, no, anything else you'd, you'd like to put onto us? Oh, one question that we had beforehand: um, Do you have a, a a guesstimate on the um, capacity cap at uh, at Macedonia Park for these games? Uh, capacity caps, seating wise, there will be between four. Four and a half thousand. Mm-hmm. Now it, it just depends on how much standing room that they allow in there. But at the moment, they're saying that you know seating that's available. Right. Um, if we can get another you know five hundred or a thousand, you know standing wise, then obviously yep. that you know that changes things. But it does come down to just some of their operational things because it is a temporary sort of fix. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, there's certain safety things that oh, they need sure. to place and such. Yeah, yeah. So on that basis, you know, it does take up a little bit more room than. You know what we would have liked, but um, you know we'll we'll get through the first game and, and see how it goes. And you know it might be a moving piece over the you know ten week period that they're there, um, just to see what else we can add. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That, that's fair. So we yeah. I guess the absolute last thing anyone wants, and and we know the crowds are going to be down relative to HBF Park, but the last thing anyone really wants is is Glory fans saying I wanted to go to the game, but there was no tickets available. I hear um, that every week, yeah. Pete. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... Uh, yeah, okay. All right, Luke, thank you very much for joining us. We um, we are all the more wiser for what's happening down at Macedonia Park, and thank you very much for your presidency down there. You've uh, you've done an excellent job um, keeping that club on the up and up and up. Uh, we look Thanks, forward... Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. No trouble whatsoever. We look forward to talking to you again very, very soon on the World Football Program. And as I say, we thank you for your time and you have a great day. You too. Thanks very much. Okay. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Luke. Bye. Bye. And that was Luke Pavlos, the president of Sterling Macedonia, informing all of us about the ongoing work at Macedonia Park to 
accommodate the Perth Glory playing there. That's right. And um, speaking of the Women's World Cup, uh, during the week there was yes. a couple new, uh, oh, a couple more teams qualify. Yeah. So we have Switzerland have got through. Yes, they They'll did. Be, and their previous best was the round of 16. And we'll also have a debut appearance. Uh, the Republic of Ireland will be at the Women's World Cup as well. That's right. So that's so there'll be and as I say, debut appearance for that. There's still a couple of slots up for grabs. Is there? Um, I thought they finished that. Yeah, no, no. There's it's it's, uh, it's actually an interconfeder federation playoff. I'll bumble my way through that, but it's 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 actually a three way playoff. So I was having a look. There's three spots left. Um, group A, it will either be Portugal, Cameroon, or Thailand. Group B will be Chile, Senegal, or Haiti. And Group C, which is a four-way playoff, will either be Chinese Taipei, Paraguay, Papua New Guinea, or Panama. There's a lot of P's in there. Um, <laughs> I, personally, I'd like to see Chinese Taipei get through and then well, maybe get put in, a, with a P. put in a group with China and see what happens. Oh, Pete, you are a muckraker. <laughs> Turn it up. That, oh, that, yeah, there'll be... Yeah, there'll be fireworks on that one, that's for sure. Well, as far as I wouldn't understand, mind Papua New Guinea China just wouldn't, wouldn't acknowledge it and... You know, they'd assume that they were both Chinese teams and we get to have two teams. Uh, I, I would actually <laughs> like to see Papua New Guinea. I mean, uh, my, my personal thing with the World Cup is other than my teams, my countries I go for, mm-hmm. other, after that it's – I like seeing a, someone new make an appearance. So Papua New Guinea in there would be great. Um, I absolutely loved – there was a bit of footage from the Panamanian commentators <laughs> um, before the 2018 World Cup as they were lining up for their first game. But the, the cameras are actually on the commentators, and as the national uh, anthem started playing, oh, they I've both seen that. burst into tears, you and it was just amazing. Yeah, I was in Singapore. We were, that was the, the game against England. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. was in, in Singapore yeah. for, for a Sabudio tournament, and um, yeah, the <laughs> the Singapore slings hadn't kicked in at that stage. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I do remember that. That was uh, that was very very entertaining, wasn't yeah. it? And to think. So how the players must have felt if if the commentators had had that emotion, yeah, and yeah, yeah just and, to see uh, themselves on the world stage. That's true enough. That's a good uh, feeling there, Pete. Because coming up next after the break, we have Molly Appleton, who's going to talk to us all things female football and Molly's rants. So we can continue that chat after the break. Yep, that's. Didn't even plan that one, Pete. It's almost like we've done this before. <laughs> you with Pete and Hugh on the World Football Program on 107.9 FM Radio Fremantle. Stick with us. There is plenty more to come. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Oswest Fencing and Raw Iron is a fourth-generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install, or automate your gates, offer electronic security, or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Now I believe he's gonna work me into the ground. 
Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. You're on the World Football Program with Hugh and Pete. And joining me all the way from Tasmania is our favourite Tasmanian, (laughs) Molly Appleton. Good morning. Oh, it's good afternoon to you, Molly. How are you? I'm good. It's definitely tripped into the afternoon here, uh, (laughs) but I'm doing very well. (laughs) Molly, Pete, just before the break, was talking about the World Cup qualifiers that um, happened during the week. What was your take on those? Uh, I mean, it's massive for Ireland, isn't it? It's Um, huge. You could could see it um, just with the photos and the coach speaking afterwards and and just everything with it. it's massive, and at the same time, uh, you know, heartbreaking for um, some other some other countries. Obviously, Scotland. There, I'm not quite sure if they will be able to play in the New Zealand playoff tournament. Europe still confuses me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but they were gutted, though. So it's sort of, you know, both both ends of the spectrum. There really wasn't it. Um, yeah. It was it was huge, though. I think. You know, and obviously it's getting close. It's getting real with the World Cup, so it's even more so when, you know, the final final lot of teams are starting to still get the tickets. Yep, and um, Wales. Uh, can, I still can't mm. get my head around. Now Wales were in that um, qualifier and had to win by two clear goals. Can you explain that one to our listeners, please, Molly? Or, or do you not know it like I do? I wish I I wish I knew it. Oh. I know that um, you know, obviously Fishlock's goal was really important. Yeah, that first game that they played, um, and I'm not quite sure. Apart from it looks like they just didn't reach what they had to. I didn't quite catch what that result was. I was still a bit sleep deprived from the Matildas <laughs> game. In all, all honesty, when when all of that happened, so I was a bit late on all of that. Um, and the Irish love was flooding my Twitter feed. So <laughs> <laughs> I missed what the other um, UK countries were, were getting up to. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those yeah. That, that, that didn't know, the um, the Welsh got knocked out by a 121st-minute penalty. Mm. To Switzerland. To Switzerland. Where okay. FIFA's based, Heart, coincidentally. Heartbreaking for the for the Welsh. And even more of a uh, of a sad affair is that um, the veteran Welsh striker, Helen Ward, has not yet hung up the boots, but... As she had said, it's going to be a challenge to continue. She's 36, and as she said, by the time the Euros come around, which is the next major tournament that yeah. uh, that Wales will be in the running for, she'll be 39. So some of these superstar players are, are coming to the to the end of their career. It's um, that's, a, that's a sad way to go out if that is her last ever game for the Welsh. Yeah, it really is. You hope that there's another nice game, even if it's not in a big tournament to end up and that she doesn't just decide to hang up her boots now and that's it. Um, but it's a bit like I was speaking to someone um, on the other side of things where I think this new Brazil generation going to upset the old uh, golden generation that Brazil had that didn't quite win any of the major tournaments. Really? And I was speaking to someone say, and they were saying, you know, we need to get part of there whether she's on one leg or not. Oh, exactly. Like, <laughs> You know, like, there's a couple of players where, you know, they're going to miss out for Mega, for instance. I'm pretty sure she's finally um, retired, although don't hold me to that. She could should, could be around, but, you know, she's definitely past 39. <laughs> get her over um, here to the glory. You know, she, she can get up front. 
Ask Lisa Devanna so to partner like, with her up front. That'd be a great strike force. Marta like, and Marta and Devanna. Marta, yeah, someone like Marta. You want to, you want her to say some good stuff. So you know, hopefully she's here for the World Cup uh, firing. I'm sure she will be. But yeah, sort of like even if you have to wrap her up and have her on with one leg if she does get anything <laughs> in, the, in the meantime. Um, but she's not Australian with the injury troubles we've had, so hopefully she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> now, Molly, um, with that sleep deprivation issue, did you catch the European champions versus the world champions? Uh, yeah, I caught the first half, which apparently was the half to catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the second half was a bit <laughs> of a. Yeah, it was a bit of a, uh, a difficult watch, but um, yeah, yeah. The English. Get up two one over the uh, the US. What? A, oh, it's great, wasn't it? And it's just unbelievable. And M- Megan Rapino, she was playing. I, I, I was doing the old because particularly that second half, I was just seeing where she w- was um, was placing herself, and she's not making those um, gut busting runs that she she used to make. But she is just such an intelligent player. She was finding spaces, and the the one two passes she was making with. Oh, I've forgotten the I've forgotten the striker's name now. Smith. Oh, Alan? No. No, it'll come to me anyway. Yeah, the, yeah. The, those, just the intelligence of, of that player, and, and I'm thinking she's still playing. She'd become, the way the, the US had lined up, it looked like mm. it was their, their World Cup squad. Mm. And I'm thinking, well, Rapino is not only in that World Cup squad, she's starting yeah. in that yeah. World Cup team. And I thought, bloody hell. <laughs> is there... Is, you know, exactly what you said with Marta. Is there any end to these players and, and, and the, the, the no, limits I mean, they can get to? No, I mean, it's great to see. It's things that I don't think, um, you know, in the women's game, I feel like this is almost the first generation where they've been able to keep going into the older age. I know there's been a few others, uh, particularly America's done very well with doing that, probably better than most other yeah. other nations. But it's the first generation, I feel like, where it's across the board. It's not the unusual. It's you know, quite a few nations do have some of those players that are getting getting to that stage. And, um, you know, the England should probably still have it with uh, Ellen White and, and Jill Scott, but we talked about that last time, I'm pretty sure. And, we did. Um, but, you know, there's, there's players around, I think, most most the national teams that you go, oh, how much longer have they got? I mean, Polk's has been there for everything, hasn't she? So, you know, she's, she's ours. <laughs> <laughs> And um, for good measure, you know, he goes and scores, nearly got a double uh, <laughs> the other day So against South Africa. So, yeah, um, it's great to see. It's going to be interesting to see the US star. I feel like, um, you know, this where it's been for a little while, where there, you know, a new generation's coming in, but it looks like there's actually going to be a new generation and um, I think the coach is under a little bit of pressure at the moment after a loss. The US aren't used to that, um, especially double loss. They lost against Spain as well. Um, again, the Spanish team without actually seen off the regular, regular players, but uh, yeah, um, They'll, they'll always be in the hunt for it, won't they? Yeah. Oh, you, you, I, I feel it's it's yeah. it's just a general, possibly a general improvement in sports science, um, mm. not not just for the women but for the men as well. Like if you think about it, you've got you know Ronaldo, thirty seven, Messi, he's on the wrong side of thirty five, I'm sure, and yet they're still, you know, normally yeah. normally by that age they'd be if if they were still playing they'd be you know the occasional appearance off the bench. 
Um, but I, I feel like yeah, yeah, you you've got to, yeah, you've got go these players. The club. Yeah, plus plus thirty, you know, on the wrong side of thirty five, and still sort of still sitting at the top level. I mean, we, with the men's World Cup, you know, next month, we all know or assume it's going to be the last hurrah for um, you know, the likes of Ronaldo and Messi. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's like when you mentioned with with the women, um, Rapino's thirty seven as well and yeah. still going. So I'd, I'd actually be interested if I could be bothered finding some statistics on average ages at the World Cup because I feel like it might be the point where we are seeing a few, you know, players don't all just retire completely destroyed at you know in their early thirties. Yeah, um, and and are able to keep going longer. No, it was funny because again, like I said, I watched that uh, US England game, and yep. when Rapina was sub again, I don't have it in front. I'm doing the homework. Cush haven't Huey? Cush you haven't? <laughs> uh, the when she was subbed off, the um, the player who took her place again, I don't have it in front of me. I'm looking for it on my iPad right now, but um, it was a, a 20 year age difference. So Rapino went off at mm. at 37. And the player and coming on was a seventeen-year-old uh, making her debut, it, and I'm going. Was it Sophia Smith? I could be wrong. Sophia yeah. Smith, that's it. Thank you. No, no, yeah. no. Sophia Smith was in the starting lineup as no. the other striker. It was, was Alyssa Thompson. One. Thompson, that was that's it. Thank it. you very much, Pete. Where did you find that? I'm trying to. It's Google. <laughs> uh, Google. <laughs> and you're right. She was seventeen years old. Yeah. What is seventeen yeah. years old? Unbelievable. And uh, just think that that sort of age gap in a in a in a, in a squad is is unusual at any squad, but when you're talking about the US, mm. um, you know, they, they've basically had a production line of, of quality that, again, we, we are talking about one of the world's best players in Megan Rapino. but... With, to, to, with that age difference, yeah. I mean, there's, there's various, you know, bits of trivia about siblings playing for the same team. Yes. I wonder if you're ever going to get a father-daughter or you know, like a parent-child... On the same time, because age-wise, that that could be doable. That is exactly what I thought. I thought she's she's young enough to be Her daughter, Rubino's yeah. daughter. Yeah, and I thought, wow, you know, it, it it's incredible just the longevity that uh, that has, and and to think what a um, what a moment that must have been for for Thompson. You yeah, know? yeah, seventeen. Well, she would have grown up seeing Rapino the yep, whole time. That's right. Yeah. You're coming on at Wembley. You, you, you're replacing one of the <laughs> one of the superstars yeah. of the game, and you think, how good is this? Sure, a player that you've watched for all the way going, mm. going up with Rapino, yeah, would be huge. Mm. Now with the uh, W League. Uh, have I, I haven't got that. It's the Liberty A League oh, Women's. I stick with W. It's just easier. You but tell yeah. me off, Pete, when I do the, that. The, the, the Women's A League. It's a lot easier. I feel like it's becoming the news that soccer is a football, and you just interchange it all. <laughs> <laughs> the Subway Socceroos. And it drives some people nuts, and I just go. I'm just going with whatever's the easiest in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I, you got me on the laughing fit now. Um, how do you see the new season uh, shaping up at the moment? I know no one's uh, played any competitive matches. Um, do you still see the the regulars battling out I at the top again? I think it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, I mean, Sydney, whilst they've kept a lot of players and they'll always, I suppose, get almost arguably the best of New South, like the Sydney sort of feeder teams. There's a lot of change there and I'm not as hopeful as I normally am for for Sydney. Having said that, they've still got, you know, they've got Vine to start with, so that's huge. Um, 
I think my interesting one will be to see both Perth and Adelaide, probably. Yep. Um, they've probably been the most almost settled in many respects. You know, their coaches have been there for a while now, particularly I feel like it's the time for Alex. I'm going to butcher his last name. Ipacus. Ipacus. Yeah, yeah we, we, we know who you mean. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's his third season. COVID hopefully won't be an issue touchwood this season. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing a lot more of the national sports leagues balance out with that. Um, and you've got a big squad, by the looks of it, like 21 players already signed up. It's good. And a lot of them have done really well in the off-season in Australia and have played a lot of football in Australia. Um, and they're young, a lot of them as well, which is, I think is really exciting for you guys um, and to get people get people travelling to Perth as well. Um, but, I mean, I've, the other big thing probably this season is you know, some of the clubs bringing in Americans again. You know, um, Newcastle Jets have just signed two. Sydney's signed one. We got one. We, we've, we've signed one. Yeah, yeah, we've got, got uh, Riley Baisden. That's right. Who that's previously right. played played for Brisbane for a season. And she was great for Brisbane. Yeah. So that's a huge, huge coup. Um, so I think that'll make things interesting again and add another layer that you've got... Um, you know, internationals that aren't just playing in the in the local NPLs, but are actually coming from other other competitions, which we know strengthens mm. strengthens our league and you know helps helps our players out. So I think it's I think it's going to be an interesting and exciting season. And with a few more rounds tagged onto it, some of the clubs that often come in a bit later, and, you know, do well towards the end of the season might might be in better stead. I reckon it's going to shake a couple things up. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you um, on the, the glory front there. Mm. Not just being biased, although partly being biased. <laughs> he's, he's, he says wearing his pants. It's, it's a bit of both, but you know, yeah, as as you said with with Alexander, the first season was absolutely COVID interrupted, oh, and it was just shocking. woeful. But there's you know no blame held against oh, him no. there. Uh, then the second set, like last season. We finished fifth. It was literally just goal difference kept us out of the finals. It, it was that Adelaide United game. Yeah. Where that shock result. You, you look at those results from last season and the one that sticks out like something on a dog was that 6-0 <laughs> against Adelaide United. Yeah. And you think, if that had only been... Well, again, if only. The old if onlys. If that was 4-0, <laughs> if, if that was 4-0 Glory would have made yeah. the, the finals. No, we still wouldn't have. Wasn't it? No, we missed out by seven points worth of goal difference. Seven? Yeah. But you know the point. Point taken. It's still you know it, it was much closer, of, pizza, of vastly, yeah. <laughs> vastly, uh, um, you know, improve, improvement on the previous season. And, and yeah, so yeah. if we can continue our current trajectory, champions. Um, yeah, we should. Mathematically <laughs> speaking, we should finish zeroth on the table. You know, above first. That's true enough. Absolutely. Oh, that's maths. You can't argue with that. No, no, no. no it's <laughs> definitely going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I could really hear the sarcasm <laughs> yeah. in Molly's comment. <laughs> now, Molly, we haven't actually asked you the question. What is your W League side that you follow? I thought it was obvious. I well, actually, it might no, it's Perth Glory. Season, of course, it is. So. That, that obvious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's always. Um, I grew up in New South, so I picked Sydney first. Yep. Okay. Um, they were obviously the original. I've probably got more of a connection with the West, but I picked Sydney first. But I'm tempted to switch jump jump ship this season with Western United. So I usually go by watching the game and where where my emotions go. Good. Yeah. Um, yep. 
So it might it might end up going to Western United. So they've, obviously they've got ties with Tasmania. Um, I've got my mum and my brother are living out west, uh, not fully west, but kind of west, more west uh, in Melbourne. Um, so I'm kind of kind of tempted to follow in Chloe Legado's footsteps and, and make the switch over to them. That's I, that's I guess the beauty of having a club that doesn't have a proper name um, and Western could refer to Western Tasmania or Western Melbourne or West Sydney or Western Australia. Just, you know, if they're... living in the North at the moment. There you go. So obviously Western, you know, it's, I guess it's clever branding on their behalf to, to not really be a proper team. Um, sorry, that, that, that's just a pet peeve of mine. I'm not a fan of that name. So, so you, you're saying you're not a big fan of Manchester City then? because Well, Manchester, you know, you you look at a map. I can I can find Manchester. Can look find at a map and show me where Western is. Yeah, <laughs> or Arsenal. <laughs> With the, yeah, good work, Pete. <laughs> yeah, we know where Perth Glory is because it's in Perth. That's right. Uh, where's Where's Western United? Somewhere in the west, I yeah. think. So, I mean, I mean, how many teams can you have? Melbourne in the name for, for the A-League. Like, you've, oh. got to, you've got to cut, cut it out somewhere. And you're including, and it might pay off the Geelong supporters as well. They're out west. Like, they don't want a Melbourne team. They want a, they want a west team, don't they? So. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I would personally have no problem with Melbourne Victory, Melbourne City and Western Melbourne United. At least you know where they're from, then. So, my my problem is more Western and West West with the Wanderers. Like there's West and West and West and West, and that that's more my problem than not being not being any Melbourne in the name. Okay. Not being any Melbourne in the name probably woos me a bit more because of my anti. Well, not quite anti Melbourne, but but slight anti Melbourne. No, no, you, you're talking to a couple of uh, Perthites here. You, you can call it hate. Sorry, yeah. no, you can call it hate. We, we hate them. We're not haters, but we hate them. <laughs> Molly, with the uh, the women's Super League, so the FA Women's Super League. Mm. Have you been taking an interest in that? We've got more than a few uh, of our Subway yeah. Matildas. Are they the Subway Wait. Matildas? No, I think it's, that's the, that's, uh, we're still the Westfield, I'm pretty That's sure. right, we are still, still the Westfield. Westfield. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's the Socceroos, the S&S with the Socceroos. The S&S. Um, we need to find something with an M, but Westfield has done us very good, so that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have I have taken bits and pieces, definitely more more highlights. I followed a bit for the first round. It's always easy to remember the first, when the first round is on. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they've been doing quite well by the things. I know uh, Caitlin Ford. You know her form from um, this week was you know not a hangover. It's probably the wrong word. Yeah. <laughs> Carried carry over from from her club which is, is fantastic. Um, the highlights I saw of her, you know, obviously Kerr and Chelsea, um, they, had, they struggled in the first week, but for some unknown reason, they, they didn't, uh, didn't win by memory. But, you know, obviously they're always in and around and playing with, with great players. And um, Razo by memory and Fowler are getting yep. a bit mm-hmm. of time with City, which is great to see. Yeah. Um, I think that's... Yep. Peter Wright's told it. Peter Wright's told us he, he uh, it's the Combank Matilda. Thing. I was I was actually going to chime in with oh, that and saying Westfield's actually got their money's worth out of their sponsorship is because it? they're not sponsoring anymore and you're still calling that. It is the Combank. I was waiting for a moment yeah. to to stick the knife in your back then. Yeah. 
That's yeah, all right. No, no, that's right. <laughs> he, he, he pumped up my tyres by saying I'm pressing the right buttons in the right order, everything's going well, good on you, and then bang. Just that. It's in the back. I can't even reach that knife. It's that high up. <laughs> now, you've mentioned Caitlin Ford. How good was that Matilda's game? Um, I, I put it down on, on our socials as a shock result because I was shocked by it. But um, apparently... Everyone else in Australia thought it was uh, a standard uh, standard result. I'm thinking, do you not know women's football? Do you not, have you not been following? Have you not been following? What's going on? We're not on the same script. Um, <laughs> no, I think maybe shocked is one thing. Like, I think with the first goal conceding it so early, yeah. um, I think that sort of, and the way that we've, we have really struggled to fight back, which is unusual really for, for the Matildas. We've mm. always done quite well with fighting back, even if it's just for an equaliser. Yeah. But we've really struggled to fight back when teams get that early goal and then not pass the bus, but are really difficult to break down. Yeah. Um, and all there's just the pressure of trying to find that other goal and we've just not found it. So I think the shock is in that we were able to come back and not just come back, but do it in style and really pounce on, you know, 10 minutes of vulnerability that Denmark had. Like, they were really strong. They could have gone 2-0 up just before that. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, with, Harder coming on the field and the perfect ball to one of their forwards, and they should have should have capitalised off that, um, but they didn't, fortunately. And you know, we we pounced on the opportunities, and you know, some of those girls like Gory just taking it um, just because she could, and then you know, not not laying off after after scoring that second goal and going, we're going for the kill, we're going for the third and forward, getting her getting her um, next goal. Um, so I think uh, the shock is close to, I don't know if I would use it, but it's, it's close to, it was unexpected uh, particularly with that early goal, I think, you know a draw might have been what you would have expected um, and I was, yeah, I was definitely on the bandwagon of I want the Matildas to win, but I'm not sure it's like a game you have to win, but mm. you're nervous and you don't know if you've got it in the tank, because, you know, Denmark uh, you know, full respect for them, they're, they're a good team, Um you know, they've got a lot of experienced players there. They've got a lot of young players that are also looking very good. They looked very good at the Euros, despite not doing as well as the previous Euros. Yeah. Um, you know, they've struggled with qualification, but I think that's... Um, they did this time around, but they often struggle with qualification. I think that's more um, consistency, not just pure talent. I think mm. if you were to get them on their game, on their best day, they can match up with pretty much everyone apart from maybe England at the moment. Um <laughs> So I think it was a really good result. You know, I think they brought it. They they had some good stuff. I think they were missing some key players, but then we were missing some key players. So it's sort of that's I think sure it was enough. A good, well, good game. Are you of the same opinion as me that, that like I said, we we went down that goal in the first minute? Mm. Uh, but I thought that the, you know we were sort of like I said they. they the Danes could have got that second goal, but but they didn't. But I thought the game really no, but it changed on. Sorry, the... I thought you said the dames, as no, in da- referring to the. Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to pull you up, then I clicked what you'd said. The Danish side <laughs> could have got that second goal. <laughs> but are you of the same opinion as me that I thought the Matildas just sparked into life when Mary Fowler came on? Yeah, she came on at about the 60th minute mark. Ten minutes later, we're three one up. I'm thinking. Uh, it, I think it's similar to you can if you watch like there's very there's very good sides that put on players like you know if you compare it to England where you had Alan White firing at the defence I think Courtney Vine did her job really well yep. 
firing out the defence and really running, and she put a lot of work in. Um, and Hayley Razzo down the other other flank as well. Like both those two put a lot of work in, um, and it was almost right for the taking really by the time Fowler got on, which is what which is what you want, which is what we haven't had um, is that change during during the game to you know we've gone right, we've tied their defence out, we've had our chances, but we've not quite capitalised. What what if we got in Arsenal and Mary Fowler like who wouldn't want her off the, coming off the bench like? Um, <laughs> So I think that was really good. And, you know, players like Charakuni Cross, it's worked a lot. And then you had Shidiak who came on. I think Shidiak had a massive impact as well as Dallas. Yep. I think being able to put those two in midfield um, who were both really positive players on the ball, who were both hungry for the ball. Uh, they've got, they bring different elements to the midfield than the, who was starting. Um, I think, yeah, um, Really, it was a really good move. It was really exciting. I think they, both those players had a lot to do with with the goals. Now, with the goalkeeping situation, um, have we seen a change there and, and a permanent change, do you think? I still feel like he, he likes Lydia. Yeah, so do um, I. Yeah. So, mm. I think it's difficult for, for Mackenzie Arnold. She's one of those players that she does so well at club level and then just just not performed when you wanted her to at international level and um, you know of course some of that's opportunity as well and, and getting used to uh, getting used to things at, at that faster faster level but um, I don't know it's still for me it's between Tegan Marker and Lydia Williams and I'm just glad that um, the World Cup squads are generally bigger so you can take all three goalkeepers yeah. So you um, think those three goalkeepers would be uh, Williams um, Micah and Mackenzie Arnold? I think so. I think so. I think... Um, so no room you know, for... Uh, Templeman? For Templeman? I would love to see that, but I think there's the argument that, um, you know, Micah's young enough to be that next generation goalkeeper, yeah. um, which is really... I want to see Miranda there as yeah, well. We yeah, we do. <laughs> she's got time. She's got time. <laughs> she's got time. She's got plenty of time. Give her... Um, you know, a couple of seasons. Where is she at this season? Victory now. Yeah. She, she signed to, for the victory. Yeah, she, she's yeah, She makes it very hard to support her, yeah. I tell you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 think I was in the hunt for a, uh, a Miranda Templeman Adelaide United goalkeeper shirt, but I don't think I'll be going into that uh, that website for a <laughs> Melbourne Victory goalkeeper shirt. Sorry, Miranda. We, we, we support uh, you. We may not yeah, support the yep. club. <laughs> <laughs> At least not without money. <laughs> yeah, and of course, all the, uh, the the views expressed on this show are, are from the author and not uh, representative of Free Radio Fremantle or their staff. So, <laughs> just bear that one in mind. Thank you very much, yeah, Pete. You can uh, send those uh, those barbs back to me again. <laughs> now, did you say Chloe Lazago uh, L- Lazago is playing in Australia now? I thought she was playing in the US. Um, I think she is at the moment, but she'll be here for the A-League with the season. I think it's getting close to the... It's definitely close to the end of the season in the NWSL. If they're not already starting finals football, um, mm. they're getting to the end of their season. So it'll be interesting if someone like Van Egmont or, or Shidiak does move yeah, as well. Yeah. But Legazzo's obviously gone, needs to get more game time. She hasn't really had an on-season since, obviously, with... With her injuries, so coming back to Australia and yeah. getting those games in before the World Cup is going to be huge for her. She, mm. She's listed as being on loan to Western United, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
for, for you know wow. for the subtle difference between actually. No, no, because we that was when we had um, Sam Kerr when she was playing for the Glory. She was online online as well. So okay. Yeah, it's a, an yeah. interesting um, thought process that the the US have that they're off season. They loan players. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does run the the risk of burnout. Mm. I mean. Yeah, it'd be more on contracts, really, as well, with the wording of that. I mean, the W League's only had two-year contracts for the last maybe two or three seasons. It's not been so long, and not many players get them. So um, that's the big difference there, I imagine, with with the wording. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fair enough. All right, um, Molly, thank you very much for joining us. We've got uh, one more guest to to go, and, again, we, we... Really do appreciate your time here and your your passion and input into this show. Um, anything you'd like to leave us with? Um, just go for the go watch the A League women's game. I can't wait for the start of the season in a month's time. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's a that's a positive note to finish on. Thank you very much, <laughs> Molly. <laughs> Good on Thanks, you. Guys. Appreciate it. Yep. No trouble. So um, we will chat with you at a later date, and we thank you for being on our show. No, thanks, guys. Good thanks, Molly. Molly. I'm going to have to work on my uh, outros, aren't I, Pete? <laughs> that's, uh, that's the second time it's gone very, very awkward. <laughs> thanks, Molly. Take it easy. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Pete. Bye-bye. And, and, oh. and that was Molly Appleton. I'm not pressing the right buttons yeah, on the no, right. Good, that yeah. was Molly Appleton, our um, favourite Tasmanian... What? No, you finished your sentence. I was just going to move on then. So, go on, move on. Oh, I'll, look, I was also <laughs> going to say, look, there's the uh, under uh, AFC under twenty um, Asian Cup yes. qualifiers going on. You still haven't ended the sentence as to what Molly's our favourite Tasmanian. There we go. Okay, there we go. So, um, yes, the AFC under twenty um, Asian Cup sentence, qualifying. Though, Molly's yep, our qualifying. favourite. Full stop. I could have left it Done. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, is underway right now, and the Australian team. Interestingly, the games, our, our group matches were. Go- this is qualifying. Yep. Our group matches were going to be in Iraq, That's and right. Australia withdrew on the basis that they weren't happy with player security in Iraq. Right. Uh, they then got moved to Kuwait, uh, and Australia rejoined the competition. So, and the first game has been played. Australia had a four-one win over Kuwait. Currently sitting top of the group. You need to win the group to get to the Asian Cup uh, under twenties. Yep. Um, Second place is one of those you might get through, you might not. Uh, but coming up tomorrow, we're playing India and then we're playing Iraq on the 18th. And there is quite a local uh, connection to the team there. Uh, we have Chris Donnell from the Perth Glory and originally Rockingham City uh, is in the squad. Joseph Ford from the Glory, original originally from Forestfield United. Yep. Uh, Kalian, I'm sorry, I'm Go not going to say his last name, but it starts with an M. He's uh, on, with mate. Perth Glory as well. Oh. And... We all know and love him, Joshua Rawlings. Josh. Who's now off at FC Utrecht, but was with the glory and originally Dianella FC also. And I think I did see something that he was even captain of the Australia team. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I think I did read that somewhere. So uh, good luck to the lads for the, the remaining two games as well, and hopefully they can get to the Asian Cup under-20s competition. Well said, Pete. Well said indeed. We've got a, another break to go, and then we will have Matthew Stacey, Perth Glory superfan, on the line. Stick with us. Plenty more to come on Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program, where you have the bumbling Huey 
and the equally bumbling Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with us. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at Oswest Fencing and Raw Iron is a fourth-generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle's The World Football Program. Joining us on the line right now is Perth Glory superfan Matt Stacey. Matthew, good morning. Morning to you guys. Thanks for joining us, Matt. We were speaking earlier in the show to Luke Pavlos, the president at Sterling Macedonia, about all the things happening down there. Can you, again, reiterate your thoughts on that particular temporary move? Actually, I'm actually now looking more forward to it than I was previously. Turn it up, Matt. You were, you were, you were scathing in your, in your disappointment at it. What's, now, what's changed since, your mind? Since listening to an interview in the week from Sterling Macedonia and how they're going to be putting the grounds together, it sounds really exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, no, the fa- yeah. and the fact that members will get a pre-sale yep. Yep. as well. Yep. That's, uh, as it should be, you know, yeah. you, you want um, your core supporter base to be available to support. Uh, so that that is interesting. But, yeah, from what Luke was telling us, it's likely to be very, very less than, mm. than 10,000 and more likely to be somewhere around the region of six. Uh, yeah. Depending on the standing room, so he he indicated that there would be about four four and a half thousand seats, and then the capacity for standing. Yeah, and that fact that people who um, you may have heard the interview yesterday with Anthony Radish on the Glory page, he has said there will be access for people with wheelchairs yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So is- that that is good. No, that would have to be the case. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't yeah. want to uh, put that onto Luke th- this morning, but yeah, we um, we've, one of our concerns has always been the uh, availability of um, access-friendly um, entrance, and apparently that, that's going to be there as well. So that's good news. Yep, Matt, your take on last week's game? Honestly, I it was. They actually played better than I expected. Really? Mm. Yeah. I don't think I think people have been too harsh on them considering how how many 
pre-season games we've actually had and how many um, the other team has had more games than we had against A-League opposition. So it showed in that sense. But then we're only, we're only a new team. We're learn, they're still learning. It's going to take a couple of weeks for me to get really back on track. Yep. I, I was really impressed with uh, both Beavers in defence and Williams on the right wing. Both yeah. of them looked like good additions to the team. Well, I, I said that uh, when you uh, last time we were on, Pete, that you mentioned that Beavers had been signed, and he he is a quality player. Yeah, uh, yeah. and it, it looks like. Um, the Daniel Sturridge experiment, but in reverse. Well, yeah, him him and Lockman centre-back, and maybe it's going to be less of a factor then that our goalkeeper's 41 years old I and can, is the oldest player in the A-League. Uh, yeah. No, and that's that's no disrespect to him. That's, yeah, you know, fair him. play to him, yeah. Yep, it's, um, yeah, break the record. You, you wonder when he's going to take that 33 off the back of the shirt and put 41 on there. <laughs> Probably when he turns 42. And then... And there'll be a plus for today's game. We've got one game ahead of um, Newcastle. Yes, they haven't, pl- the, they haven't played. Yeah, the game have. was postponed, and that was because of the weather that's over in the eastern states. Was was that the reason? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Uh, flooded. Yeah, the the, they had the the F three derby, so it should have been Central Coast against Newcastle, but that one, yeah. Uh, got canned. So yeah, currently looking at the table, um, Newcastle and Central Coast. Well, kind of sad as a glory perspective. Neither of them have played a game and they're still above the glory on the table. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Come on, that's not right. (laughs) But hopefully we can rectify that. And and there has been comments, uh, Matt, from, from... I think it was Andy Keogh saying they wanted to, uh, you know, take it a bit personal with a certain player that left the glory to go to Newcastle. Um, So hopefully they can, to quote Andy Keogh, stick it right up him. And I hopefully that doesn't backfire in our face either. Well, but I agree with Andy. Will, yeah. I, but I do agree with what Andy Kerr was saying in that interview. Hmm. He got it spot on, I reckon. Yeah. Well, I'm just looking at that one of your pet bugbears, Pete. The head-to-head, the last two games, uh, Newcastle-Perth, Newcastle 3, Perth Glory 1, and then, of course, the one that we've forgotten, Newcastle 6. Oh, uh, it's not forgotten. It's, it's Perth been, Glory one. Yeah, you know, wiped from my memory. Oh, my. So, but we do have a reasonable record over in Newcastle as well. We do indeed, and in fact, we I think it's possibly one of the longest domination periods in the A League in any head-to-head fixture because uh, from 2011, Newcastle beat us in a game, and then they didn't beat us again until 2016. There's a five-year period where Newcastle wow. did not beat the Glory. Um, so, you know, I mean, as a Glory fan, you need to look for any little thing you can to try to hang on to, and <laughs> that's that's my one. You know, hopefully the pendulum hasn't swung back in Newcastle's favour too much. But So with that uh, postponement, we're playing in Newcastle today. Yes. That's going ahead as far as you're aware? As far as I'm aware. I intend to be watching at 2pm. Okay. Uh, Maddie, uh, are you going to be watching it at uh, at home, or are you going to, I believe the, the supporters are at the Varsity Bar in Northbridge is the place to be. Uh, I'll be watching it at home on my Paramount Plus that I paid for. Okay, right. <laughs> the discounted the discounted price of seventy five dollars. Okay. Wow, that was a bargain. It is. Yeah. Oh, come on, mate. I can I can feel the anger. What, <laughs> come on, mate. Uh, it's it's better than paying full price. It's better yeah, than paying yeah, true. Full price. When I was expecting we weren't going to get anything from it, 
Glory poured in and got at least a discount for what yep. we got last season. Mm. And yeah. that's I mean that's seventy five dollars for a year. So that's you know, that's twelve months. Yeah. Just just over ten dollars a month from, no, no, not even that. It's what, five dollars a month. Yeah. You said you were good at maths, Ed. No, I never said that. That doesn't sound like um, that, so. I'm going to play it back. You did say it. <laughs> $6 a month. So, I mean, honestly, you can't, you can't. Yeah, someone just whipped out the calculator very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, do you have, um, yeah, so, so the way the, the, the squad has been built, do you have high expectations for the glory this year? Yes, what we're going to do, we're going to do well, better than what people expect. It's just to get at least two wins on the on this road, on our horror road, horror start. Mm-hmm. I reckon if we can get two wins, we'll be fine away. Well, that's not going to help for uh, end of season finals. Two wins out of five. Yeah, Is it five? Got... Are we playing five in total? I don't know how many. There's quite a few before we get get a home game. Well, we're not playing here till uh, middle yeah. of November. November, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Actually, December. December. Dece- yeah. 13th of December. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it's right. after. The, yeah. It's after the world. I think it's after the after World, world Cup series. Of course. Yes. Yeah. That mostly would have been earlier if we hadn't have had that that gap. Mm. But. Yeah. I'm hoping the club will do in that period while the World Cup's on because the team will be back in Perth. I'm hoping they'll bring their family fun day that they didn't do, engage with the fans. And hopefully, I've had word to say, I'm hoping that he'll get organised. They bring back the player review that they used to do in the old days. Is that, is, that, is that the one where the players da- uh, get up in costume and, and do a dance? Yeah, or yeah, do an act or that, yeah. like a talent show. But in the off in that period while we got the World Cup on, perfect time to engage with the fans. You could do it at Fremantle Oval in the club rooms or the South South Fremantle club rooms there. Do it cheaply. They get the members there and just have another reason to get together before the home games. Yep, that's a good that's a good call there, Matt. Well yep. done. Yep. Uh, Matt, so um, anything else you'd like to uh, let our I listeners know, know? I don't know if you mentioned it Go. previously, but the Women's World Cup tickets are selling really well in their pre-season, pre-sale. Pre-sale. We've, we sold more tickets than Paris did in the pre in the pre sale for the whole for at Paris Paris tournament. That's brilliant, Matt. How do we get those tickets? You go to the FIFA web FIFA website. Oh well, that's me out there. <laughs> FIFA yeah. website. Oh. But the prices the prices are really good as well for the all the games in Perth. Two hundred dollars for all the games. Brilliant. Yeah, that's yeah. for premium seats, and then if you want to sit behind the goals, it's a hundred dollars. Well, so it works out, good, yeah. and works out forty dollars a game. Brilliant. Yeah, so and that is cheaper than I thought it was going to be. That's it, mm. Matt. Time has got against us, so thank you very much for joining us. I really do appreciate it. And glory, you. And, and glory will win today. There you All go. Right. Not according, cool. not according cool. to the bookies. The bookies have got Newcastle at $1.75 and Glory at uh, write your own ticket, really. <laughs>
So that's uh, good news to hear that you are that confident, Matt. Well done. Matt, thanks for joining us. We, we need to go. Um, we'll talk to you soon and you stay yep. safe. You too. Bye. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Bye-bye. Matt. That was Matthew Stacey, Perth Glory Superfan. Coming up next is Len and the Jazz Show. And uh, Matt, you have to have to hand it to him. He's um, with regards to Perth Glory playing away at Newcastle. Yep. Uh, in a total of thirty games in the history of the A League, yep. and including cup matches and everything, Glory's won fifteen of them. So literally half the time we play away to Newcastle, we've had a win. Brilliant. So. We'd like to thank our partners, Futsal WA, Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron and Gate and Fence Hardware WA for allowing us to bumble our way through the last two hours. Stay with Radio Fremantle 107.9 for Len and the Jazz Show. You will catch us back next week at the same time. Bye for now. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.